Father, Lord, you are so good to us, God. Even when we can't see it, even when we don't realize it, Lord, you're always there. You're always by our side, God. And we thank you for bringing us back here today, God, and for the opportunity to praise you, the opportunity to live another day, Lord. We don't want to take that for granted. But we ask now, God, that you speak through our pastor, that your words touch our heart, Lord, that we can be changed today and to see you more clearly. All these things we ask in your name, Father. Amen. Good morning, church. Let's hear a good praise the Lord. Good morning. One more time. How about we praise the Lord one more time? Okay. I want to hear a good praise the Lord. I want, I want to know if I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people. Amen. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I just, I just love energy, and uh, I just love to be in the house of God today, and I'm excited about our mixtape uh, series that we're going to launch. And I just wanted to mention, um, as I began last week talking about where we're going, I just want to make sure that I reserved uh, the invitation to make sure we're all clear about Easter weekend or Resurrection weekend. So we, uh, like, like we have said, as we have launched this church at the beginning of the year, this is our second launch. And so this is all about reaching our community. This is all about providing a service for those who want to come to church that are in our neighborhood. And so for that weekend, we are going to be offering three services. So Friday night, we'll be offering a service at 7, our normal 1 o'clock service. And then on Sunday, we'll offer another service at 1 o'clock. I'll be preaching three different messages. It'll be a part of our mixtape series. And so we want you to think about signing up to be a part of this second launch team. If you're not on a team already, uh, we're going to need people at the door. We're going to need people uh, all over the place because we are expecting an outpour of people who are just looking for somewhere to go to church. Look, everybody's inviting everyone to go to their church on that weekend, right? It is the Christmas of church services. And we're not trying to uh, to get people to come here. What we are doing is we are offering an opportunity for those who may not have one to come and experience church with us. So I'm excited about it, and I just wanted to make sure that you are thinking about it for that weekend. I want to pray one more time. I appreciate the prayer that was prayed, but I just want to pray one more time as we get started. Father God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. We all need you. And we need you, Lord, to speak to us in a special way. I pray that you will move the hearts of our people today, that they would respond to your leading. They would respond to what you have to say to them. And I pray that those who know they need to take a next step today would have the courage to say yes to you. And by the time that this message is over, may their hearts be melted and may they be refastened by you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm excited about this series, Mixtape. Now, I know for some of you, I never thought this day would come, but this, some of the references I make may outdate you. So you got to understand what a mixtape is. Now, I'm taking it back to the old school. Now, I'm going to need some help here. How many hip-hop heads are in here? Just by the show of hands, you grew up in the hip-hop era. Come on, just be honest. Amen. I'm so proud of you. 
I grew up in the hip-hop era. Now, I am not going to say anything about the new hip-hop artists. I'm not going to put them down. I'm not going to call them mumble rappers. I'm not going to call them, you know, anything like that. I just grew up in an era that was a little bit different. I can't believe I'm saying it this way, but it's the truth. And back in the day, when a hip-hop artist would come out, they normally would start out with a mixtape. And a mixtape was usually uh, their, you know, they would introduce themselves, who they are as an artist, and they would borrow or take other people's beats, and they would remix them, and they would kind of introduce who they were as an artist before they came out with their first album. Now, that was the way a artist would present their mixtape. For me and some of you who grew up in that era, we literally had to make our own mixtapes. So for you, for you new schoolers, it was like a Spotify playlist. But it was on an actual tape. Now, how many of you remember having to listen to the radio and wait till they played your song? I'm just dating myself here real quick. Listen to the radio, and you get mad at the announcer because they're talking through it, right, to the best part. And you had to push record on a tape player. And you had to wait until the song was over. You had to stop. And then you had to listen for a while. And you had to wait till they played your next favorite song. And you had to push record. Now, if you were really fancy, you might have had the tape player that had two different tape decks on it. Anybody had one of those? Man. And then you had to play the music you wanted on one side. And you had to record it on the other side. And you had to make a mixtape. And if you were real suave and smooth like myself back in the day. Well, at least that's what I thought I was. You would make mixtapes <laughs> while you were talking on the phone with girls. It was that deep. I'm just saying, can anybody just, okay, maybe y'all didn't do that. Okay, so you would make like mixtapes with certain songs, and you would just play it in the background. And, you know, you like 12, 13, 14, you had to practice the best deep voice you had. And you had to play that in the background or whatever you were doing if you were playing ball. So mixtapes were it was a way to have a soundtrack for your life. I don't think anything's changed about that today. I think we all have a soundtrack for our life. We all have something that we are listening to in the background of our minds, in the backgrounds of our heart, that are really the soundtracks to our life. Some of you in the room may be having some slow, painful songs right now. Some of you may be having some pump-up workout songs right now. Some of you may be feeling on high. Some of you may be feeling on the low end. But we all have a soundtrack that speaks to who we are and what we believe in. I'd be interested to listen to some of your soundtracks. I'd be listening. I don't know what, you know, my, my, my girls and all the high schoolers, like, they are constantly dancing. I love it. It's like they always have a song playing in their Heads, And I, I wonder why they do. The world they're living in, afraid to go to school, shooters, racism, sexism, violence. And what's interesting is when I looked at the story of Jesus, when I re-looked at who Jesus is and how he presented himself into the earth, I saw something that I never saw before. I saw Jesus present a mixtape. I saw Jesus take beats from the Old Testament, mix it, scratch it, flip it, and represent something new that was blowing the minds of the people. I don't know how you see Jesus 
But I'm pretty sure he was not English, and I'm pretty sure he did not have an English accent, and I'm pretty sure he was not skinny, and I'm pretty sure he wasn't like five foot two or three. Bible says he was a rock climber, mountain climber. Anybody ever climbed a mountain before? I'm just saying, like literally. Like that's a lot of work. He did it every morning. And there's some interesting things in scripture where Jesus steps up to the mic and he says some controversial stuff. He says some stuff that shakes up the religious world of his day. Because here's really what one point I want to make for today. I got one really good point. I hope it's good, but I got one point that I want to make as I launch this series. It's really simple. God has something to say. I want you to understand that, that God has something to say. That means he is still speaking. That means he is concerned about you and about me and about this world. And God has something to say about the crisis that humans find themselves in. And he said it, and he's still saying it through Jesus, his son. And by Jesus, his son, he is still saying it through the church today. God has something to say. Can I be honest with you? Not everybody likes what God has to say. Not everybody is expecting to hear what God has to say. Not everybody is ready to hear what God has to say. But like any great MC, like any artist, you know what God does? He waits to the right time. It's interesting as you hear and look at the story of Jesus. And the good news is that I'm going to be walking you through for this entire series, one book of the Bible. Occasionally, I'll bring in another uh, scripture just to kind of give it a little, a little mayonnaise to get on that sandwich a little better. But I'm going to walk through the book of Luke. And if you come next week, I have a surprise for you. I really do. So you'll see it. I want to start out in Luke chapter 4. And I want you to understand that Jesus is now 30 years old. He waited until the right time. Let's look at what the Bible has to say. This is like Jesus' first song on his mixtape. Starting at verse number 14, right? Bible says, then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. That sounds interesting right there, huh? He comes to the mic filled with the power of Jesus, or with God. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, right? He's going back to the hood. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read the scriptures. Now, I want you to know that that was a tremendous honor. It kind of be like preaching. So they heard Jesus was doing all this stuff. He's coming back home to his hometown. And they're like, Jesus, why don't you say a word for us today? Why don't you step up to the mic, and let's hear what you have to say. And so he stood up and the, um, he, to read the scriptures. The scroll, now back in the day, they had a scroll, like a literal scroll that they rolled out. So he had to roll it to this part. part. And Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll, found the place where it was written. So he's selective about it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has appointed me to bring good news to the rich. Is that what your version says? 
Oh, I'm sorry. To bring good news to the holy and the church-going people. Okay. Oh, okay. You're right. Bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. He has sent me to do prison reform. He has sent me to examine the policies of the day. That the blind will see. That the marginalized will be seen. That those without a voice will be heard. That those who are sick will receive health care. I'm just trying to read what Jesus was saying. That the oppressed, the people who are marginalized, who are stopped at the border, the oppressed that don't speak the same language as everybody else, who may wear uh, things that represent different religions, who represent other countries, the oppressed will be set free. And look what he says. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll. You can just implant this. He dropped the mic. That's exactly what Jesus did right here. He rolled up the scroll. He handed it back to the attendant and sat down. Do y'all see that? That's him dropping the mic. He rolled up the scroll. He handed it to the attendant. And he sat down. And all eyes. This was the first Tupac single right here. All eyes on me. I know. Y'all don't know about Tupac. It's okay. And everybody looked at him intently. Then he began to speak. The scriptures you have heard have been fulfilled this very day. Jesus was saying, the Messiah that you have all been taught that would come. The Savior that you had all heard about that was going to come through the tribe of Judah. That was going to be the Savior of the world is me, the hometown kid that's 30 years old, living with his mama. And I'm now saying that that's me. Okay, just imagine if somebody that grew up in this church came back and said, I am Jesus. Y'all would look at him crazy, wouldn't you? Or her, whoever said it. So then everyone spoke well of him by gracious words that came by the gracious words that came to his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Now somebody's starting to throw a little shade right here because they know the history of Joseph. They know the history of Mary. They all know that Jesus said she was pregnant by God, but they all really know it was Joseph. Well, then he said, you would undoubtedly quote me this Proverbs. You will undoubtedly quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like these you didn't do miracles like here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel at that time of the prophet Elisha, but only one healed was Naaman 
the Syrian, I need you to understand what Jesus just told them. What Jesus just told them was, I'm doing miracles and I'm not doing them for you. I'm not here for you. I'm here for the Syrian. I'm here for the person that you rejected. And he says, I want to remind you that back in the day, there were a lot of people who could do a lot of things. But God only chose the people who were outside of the camp of Israel to heal. And I've come to fulfill this prophecy. And I've come to reach those who know they need me, not people that think they need me. I've come to serve people who are outside of my touch and outside of my will. And in other words, he's saying, can I just pull up an old vernacular? I ain't thinking about y'all. Now look what happened. When he heard this, when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jesus just dropped something on his mixtape. Jumping up. They mobbed him. This is Jesus' first song on the album. This is his first song in the mixtape. They jumped up. This is Jesus' hometown. This is people who raised him. These are people who Jesus played with their kids. These are people who know him. This is his own hometown. I'm sure some of them ladies are like, oh, no, you didn't, Jesus. I'm getting ready to whoop. I know sometimes in the back, like, I'm going to take my belt off right now and whoop you, Jesus. They mobbed. They jumped up. Look, they forced him to the edge of the hill. They're getting ready to throw Jesus off Badger Mountain. That's what they're getting ready to do. They forced him. They grabbed him to the edge of the hill, which on the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff. But what happened? He passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Okay. Okay, wait a minute here now. Now listen, I'm, I'm just saying, Jesus grew up in a rough neighborhood. Anybody know grew up in a rough neighborhood? Okay. Jesus grew up in a rough neighborhood. Jesus is from the south side. No, the west side of Chicago, right? Jesus is from Detroit. Jesus is from Watts. He's from New Orleans, right? Jesus is from Brooklyn. Or the old Brooklyn, not the new Brooklyn. <laughs> not the gentrified Brooklyn, the old one. <laughs> He's from the east side. They reached up to grab him. They were going to throw him over the cliff. But Jesus walked right through the crowd and went on his way. See, what you got to understand is that there's something about the right time. God has something to say, and he waits until the right time. And even though we might not be ready to hear it, even though it might make us upset, God's timing knows you need to hear this you need to witness this because I have something to say. I want to encourage you this morning to know that God has something to say about your marriage. 
God has something to say about your finances. God has something to say about your addiction. God has something to say about your purity. God has something to say about your education. God has something to say about your future. And he's trying to send Jesus into your heart to speak those things to you. And sometimes we're not ready to hear it. But God in his wisdom knows when it's the right time. And if we're not careful, we can miss the most beautiful message that God has to say to us because we're not ready to hear it. See, the Bible explains throughout the course of history that Jesus came at the right time. That the sacrifice that needed to be made for our sins, for our salvation, that God knew in his wisdom when it was going to be perfect to bring him. Let me show you what it says in Galatians chapter 4. I think I'll just read it off the screen. You got to understand that Jesus coming into the earth was strategic. That God said, I'm not going to let my people fail. I'm not going to let them die in their sins. I want them to receive my forgiveness, and I'm going to bring Jesus into the world. Look what, look what Galatians chapter 4, 1 through 5 says. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. Right? If they receive an inheritance too early, they're not going to know what to do with it. They have to obey the guardians until they reach whatever age their father said. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children who were slaves to a basic spiritual principles of this world. We were like children who could not handle ourselves. We, are so, we were so consumed and so surrounded by sin and death and dysfunction that we really could not handle the righteousness that Jesus wanted us to have. But when the right time came, somebody said the right time. When the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman, subject to the law. That simply means he did not have an advantage. That simply means he chose to come into our human experience and live life the way we experience it. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. So Jesus' soundtrack was that I'm here to bring salvation, to win back and buy the freedom of my children who were in the slave of, of the law and of sin. I've come to adopt you, to give you a new name, a new inheritance, and a new legacy. Jesus came into the earth in human flesh so that he might live and understand what we go through, so that the soundtrack that was in his mind that was playing was that I'm on my way to delivering, delivering my people and setting them free. So now it makes sense. Now it makes sense that when Jesus stands up and declares in a bold way that I am here to set people free. And I'm here to set the people free that you don't think deserve freedom. 
I'm here to set people free that you think should pull themselves together. I'm here to give freedom and to give deliverance to those who have been marginalized, who have been mistreated, for those who do not realize that they are my children too. And so when these people were upset, they dragged him up the hill. Jesus says, don't touch me. Jesus says, get your hands off of me. Anybody love a Jesus like that? Get your hands off of me. You can't touch me. You can't throw me over this hill because I die when I choose to. How many of you know that Jesus was not killed on the cross? Jesus laid his life down on the cross. Jesus says, nobody takes my life. Until what I want to accomplish is finished. Jesus says nobody can stop me until I'm done doing what I came to do in them. Nobody stops my mission. Nobody stops my progress. Nobody stops my momentum until I'm done with the mic. Nobody stops what I have to say until I have said what I have to say and it comes to pass. See, here's what I'm trying to tell you. When you invite Jesus into your life, he's saying, don't nobody touch me or touch anybody around me. I would have loved to see that. I would have loved to see Jesus as they dragging him, like, you know, they're dragging him up on the cross. He's like, whatever, y'all. And they're talking all kind of stuff. Jesus, what, what's wrong with you? Man, I ought to knock you out. He's like, whatever. This is just practice for the cross. Y'all go ahead. Go ahead. They get him. To the top of the hill. He's on the edge. And he's like, get your hands off of me. You, know, Jesus, you ever do it like that? If I grab you, do that. Get your hands off of me. She's like, get off me, man. And I don't know what he said. I don't know what he did. But she, I just, this is just my imagination. Jesus looked around. And he looked into their faces. I don't know if he said this. I don't know if they just understood it. Not the right time. No, I still got something to say. I just wanted you to see that you're not ready to receive what I have to say. But when it's time, I'll let you know. Because eventually, people would take him. But it was God's decision to say it's not the right time. Can I just tell you that your past, that the devil your family, somebody in your life that you knew, that knew who you were, someone close to you tried to hurt you, tried to drag you on top of the hill because they didn't like who you are. They don't like the purpose that's inside of you. They don't resonate with the soundtrack that God has built inside of you. They don't like what you say. They don't like what you represent because they see something different in you. They see the spirit of the living God in your eyes and they don't like it. They just want you to stay in the same place they are. They just want you to stay broken. They just want you to stay hurt. They just want you to stay complacent. They don't want you to go further than them. They don't want you to get another degree. They don't want you to move away. They don't want to get your 
money right. They don't want you to get your body right. They just want you to be comfortable and stay here so they can keep you where you are. But I declare by the words of Jesus, it's not your time. It's not your time yet. God's not done with you. Your soundtrack says you still have more life to live. The soundtrack that God put inside of you says there is still more to accomplish. So when they tried to drag you up the hill, Jesus grabbed you by your neck and said, come with me. Don't nobody touch my daughter. Don't touch my son. Don't touch my child. Let's go back down this hill and let's live the purpose that I've put inside of you. Because God made you because he had something to say. There was nobody created like you. There is nobody with the gifts that you have. There is nobody that will duplicate you. You are unmatched. You are unique. You are different. And God says, I've created you because I have something to say through you. And the Christian church has done a disservice to believers to think that our job is to get righteousness and to get ourselves and get baptized and then hide in a church somewhere. Hide under some denominational thing and just follow whatever fake tradition we had. Don't impact anybody's life. Don't live with the soundtrack that's beating inside of us. Just comply. Just conform. Just stay in the lane. Just stay in your seat that whoever else told you you had to sit in. But God is raising up a movement. A movement that says, look, we're not confined to this building. There is a soundtrack that is playing in the hearts of our lives that we are listening to. And we have heard from the master. We have heard from Jesus. And Jesus still has something to say. I love what Dr. Wolf says in this book, Public Faith. He says, if Christians are estranged from the world, y'all know what estranged means? Are separated from the world? It can only be because, and insofar as the world is, and maybe themselves are as well, estranged from God. So if you're disconnected from the world, then you're really disconnected from God. Christian communities should not seek to leave their home cultures and establish settlements outside or live as islands within them. Instead, They should remain in them, change them, subvert the power of the foreign force, and seek to bring culture into closer alignment with God and God's purposes. In other words, we are called as believers to live by the soundtrack that Jesus has given us, not to escape, not to run, but to live boldly in the presence of those who despise us. 
to stand boldly in a culture that tells us to hate and tells us to walk away and tells us to find our own little place to hide. We stand boldly in the midst of what the culture says. And because we are here, we change the culture. Don't you understand that in three and a half years, Jesus changed the course of history. He changed the world because he was living by the purpose in which God called him to. And I'm just stupid enough to believe that God has still called us to continue to be change agents in the world. And that there's no one who's too far gone. There's no one who's outside of God's grace. There's no one who has done too much for Jesus not to put their arm around them and say, it's not your time yet. It's not your time to give up. At the right time, I'll put you forward. At the right time, I'll exalt you. At the right time, I'll give you a big platform. You just listen to me. You just let me speak into your life because I've got something to say. What is God saying to you? God's got something to say to you. And if you're listening today, you've heard it. Maybe he's saying to you, It's time for you to give up controlling your own world. Maybe he's saying it's time for you to stop trying to control everybody else around you. Maybe he's saying it's time for you to stop living in fear. It's time for you to stop editing out those things in your past that you feel are, are cringeworthy and unworthy. Maybe I'm using those things as the mixtape to your experience. What you couldn't get over the divorce, that's a part of the soundtrack. I didn't create it, create it, but don't edit it out because one of these days I'm going to use it. Maybe God's saying to you that you need to give him a second chance. Maybe God's saying to you that you need to give someone else a second chance, that maybe you need to offer forgiveness. And I just want to pray for you this morning as I close this message to know that God has something to say just listen if you just allow him to speak that there's something he wants to say to you and that there's nobody in this world that can throw you over the hill if it's not your time that Jesus in his mission said I lay this down when I'm ready I'll do this when I'm finished and I want to declare to you as long as you have breath in your lungs God's not done with you. It's not too late. So I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want you to know nobody's looking at you today. I just want to pray for someone who's saying, God, I'm hearing your voice. I'm hearing you tell me that I need to listen to you. And you've got a decision that you need to make, a next step today. And we are grateful for what you have done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, church, let's just celebrate those decisions that were made. God bless you.